You're listening to the Kindred 360 Podcast with your hosts, Pastor Rod Idle, Matt Smith, and Lindsay Terry. The Kindred 360 Podcast is an extension of Kindred Church in Midlothian, Virginia. At Kindred, we help people find their purpose. We believe that God designed us to be surrounded by others who love and care for us. We call this your tribe. We invite you to be part of our tribe today, so enjoy the fun, inspiration, and introspection. All in today's episode of Kindred 360. Now, Pastor Rod Idle. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the Kindred 360. We're coming to you live right now, taped to you from Studio 77 (laughs) in Midlothian, Virginia. It's nice to have you with us today. I'm excited about today's show. I hope you are too. And I just want to welcome also our listeners in not only the United States, but in Guam and in the Philippines. How cool. We got listeners in the Philippines. And Canada. And oh, really? I didn't know about mm-hmm. Canada. Thanks for joining us, guys. That's awesome. awesome. We Love have it. we have our listening um, audience keeps going up every single time. So we're really excited about that. Want to say thanks for being out there and listening to it. I'm excited today. Today's a very special day, Matt. Do you know what today is? Halloween. Yes, it is. But that's not why I'm excited. I'm excited because today is an extremely special day because today is Lindsay's birthday. Sounds like Billy Idol. I hope you appreciated that. We we put that together for you before today's show. Actually, uh, appreciate our producer, Mike Resendez, uh, helping us out with this. But before we move off of it... Open your gifts. Open your gifts. Blow out your candles. This is actually a recording of Josh Terry singing. It's really great. All right. We done? (laughs) Listen, Lindsay, you know, Matt's here. Mike's here. I'm here. We all want to wish it. It's like the word of the day. We can't say happy birthday. No, it's like you've given someone a new toy and you can't quit playing with it is what it's like. So, all right. So I'm going to go. All right. Listen, we're not the only ones that want to say happy birthday to you. So some of your old people from the past called in and um, just want to wish you happy birthday. Listen up. A sentimental moment. Hey, Lindsay. Happy birthday. I'm so excited for you. Hey, you remember when you dressed up like a kangaroo on your fifth birthday? Yeah, and you were kicking everybody. And then you actually hid a baby in your pouch. It was hysterical. You were amazing. I don't think ever, I'm ever going to forget it. Happy birthday. Hope you have an awesome day. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. <laughs> what? Listen to the next one. I thought that one was. Hey, Lindsay, it's Janice. 
your neighborhood friend. Hey, remember that time we went to donate blood and a doctor said you had rabies? <laughs> Turns out he read the chart room and you had scabies. <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway, happy birthday. I was actually kind of surprised on that one. I was like, what? <laughs> That's kind of, oh. Hola Lindsay, feliz cumpleaños. Recuerdo día cuando estabas 10 y estabas tan enferma, pero todavía querías una fiesta y todos tus amigos tenían miedo de estar cerca de ti. Nunca so olvidaré eso. Pues feliz cumpleaños otra vez y tengan un buen día. Adiós. Oh, that's nice. That was like one of the best birthday wishes ever. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Only she is such a sweetheart. She was a sweetheart. Yep. Hey, L cat, chirp, 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 chirp. It's J dog. We've had some good times together. Your buddy Mike reached out to me and said they were doing tribute for you. And I thought, who better to give a tribute to uh, than the person who taught me how to jump on and off a moving train going 60 miles an hour plus? We dodged a couple bullets uh, those days. Quite literally. But anyways, you know, being honest, I just want to say thanks. Appreciate the the impact you've had in my life, all the things that you've done. Uh, you know, that, that time that um, my finger kind of got lost in that eel's mouth and you were there to uh, get it back. And uh, without it, I mean, I don't have any feeling in it, but, but at least I have it. A little mangled looking, but hey, I just want to say thank you. Happy birthday. Keep doing what you're doing, making an impact. I miss you. I'll see you later, El Cat. Meow, 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 meow. You got a life I didn't know about, Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. This is Rhett Buffon. <laughs> I was just remembering the other day that time me and you were in that Joan Baez cover band. You had your ukulele, and I was on the spoons. Anyway, we were playing this event sponsored by Jolt Cola. I think we were opening for Alice Cooper or something. They told us they couldn't pay us any money, that they could just give us a couple of cases of Jolt Cola apiece. Man, if we didn't drink all of it right there before the show. I remember listening back to that recording, and uh, it pretty much sounded like someone had spit up an Alvin and the Chipmunks record, but... I'd be lying if I didn't say I was moved to tears. Anyway, <laughs> you have a happy birthday. Well, there you go, Lindsay. That's Your funny. friends blast from the past. <laughs> it's your And with that being said, Lindsay, we're going to turn it over to you because I know you got a challenge for us today. Yeah, I've got a little game for us to play. Sweet. So there's a question today that I want to be able to all answer. It's pretty serious. What movie completely changes its plot when you change one letter in its title? I and love what's it. the new movie about? Let me let me just clarify. It doesn't have to be spelled right, but it just has to sound like a word if you change one of the letters. Okay. Does that make sense? Can I give you one right off the bat? Yeah, please. Everybody's seen Batman. Mm -hmm. I think there ought to be a movie about my life called Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the door 
that I sent you yesterday? Yes, Mike <laughs> liked the door. He wrote, he sent a door that was like six inches wide and said, you could never fit through this. <laughs> uh, Listen, there's that really good one that we've all seen. The dork knight arises. Yeah. <laughs> he actually dies in the first scene when he tries to beat up people. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Lindsay, did ones? you have any? Uh, the green mole. <laughs> Is that a mole on your face or like an animal? Well, I think a mole on your face. Uh, it's that's gonna like make a me horror throw movie. Up. That's, uh, that's disgusting. That's Oh, did you see that video of that dude eating soup right out of the uh, oh, grocery store horrible. bar? And he's got the ladle. He's just like. That made me so sick. And then <laughs> he puts it back up. and I walks away. And he's just away. sitting there dipping and eating it a couple times. And then he walks away. That. Oh, I'll share it with you. It's so nasty. No, it's that's terrible. Okay. Wow. The, that what dude, does that have to do with movies? It just is gross. The green mole. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Like, <laughs> maybe they get, like, Wow. Beep hey, when you change subjects sorry, yeah, so I, we can follow you. Hey, I got a good one. How about instead of the A team, you got the B team? <laughs> Just average guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're like they got a shopping list from their wives. <laughs> they're like, honey, go pick up, go pick up some milk and bread. Then there's a, then there's a sequel, C team. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's oh funny. man, that's uh, funny. Matt, you got any more? You, this is this is right up your alley. Uh, well, I mean. <clears throat> Uh, how about instead of the uh, Superman remake, Man of Steel, we go and watch the Bobby Flay classic, Pan of Steel? Oh, <laughs> that dude. Man, where does delicious. your mind go, Smith? Where does your mind go? How do you? Or, what happened to it? Or staying in the uh, staying in the Holly uh, the uh, the um, uh, superhero genre? How about we go instead of uh, Suicide Squad? You got the uh, Suicide Squat. Yeah, one rep and you're dead. <laughs> Boom. Ah, couldn't handle it. <laughs> Reaching a little bit? Okay. A yeah. little bit, All right, yeah. we'll move on. There. All right, a few good men, a few good mon. It's like a, a Jamaican. Jamaican. Court scene. You <laughs> did it, mon. mon. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, that was a terrible Jamaican accent. I'm sorry. That was bad. To all of Jamaica, I'm sorry. That's really bad. That's what makes I'll it good. It. You I'll made it bad. It. That's right. So... Oh, well, man. listen, it it uh today is Halloween. What are you doing for Halloween, you guys? Man, uh we're dressing up uh, and walking the neighborhood. Reese last year wasn't old enough to go, but this year the little man is toddling and ready to go, and so he's got him a little Elmo outfit. Because that dude loves some Sesame and Matt, Street. What are you going as? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I, I forget too. Actually, I'll remind you. <laughs> I'll remind me. Yeah. Do you like cookies? I do love cookies. As okay. a matter of fact, we were walking in Target when we got monster? the yes. When we got the Elmo outfit, Pam found a adult sized Cookie Monster outfit and said, <laughs> "I will buy this for you if you wear this. Just, just please wear this." So I am uh, gonna go. The Cookie Monster. Well, there you go. Lindsay, what are you doing tonight with the boys? Well, Josh usually takes them out trick-or-treating right. while I stay home and pass out candy. And so I made Judah, we make our costumes. Right. I made Judah a spider costume because mm-hmm. he really wanted to be a spider. And so I found these really awesome giant, like nine-foot pipe cleaners that are really big. Seriously. Yeah. And like tape made a little backpack and, and hot glued those suckers there and made no little spider way, arms. Lindsay. So he looks like a giant are you, spider. Are, are you, when it's <laughs> all cool. over, you're going to come over to Papa and Gigi's Yeah, house? we'll show you guys. They'll want to come show you all their loot. So. Well, we'll make sure we go buy some loot just for them. Yeah. So. So 
They're awesome. excited. See, you're nice. See, They're you're excited. thinking like I'm gonna give them candy. I'm sitting here thinking like dad tax. Yeah. You know, Reese's tax, aren't gonna Reese's make it. Reese's are mine. Yeah, well, you Snickers, heard me talking to Mike's gone. little boy earlier, <laughs> right. man. I I said, are you going to go out? Trick or treating, he goes. Yeah, I said. Are you excited to get a lot of candy? He goes. Yeah, and I said, Would you give it to me when you get it? And he goes, Yeah. <laughs> Man, he's a lot nicer than his dad. You even double checked, and he yeah. was like, Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was I cool will. about that. He's a lot nicer than his dad. <laughs> well, he doesn't know what he's going to get first, and then when he sees again, he's like, Mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's all right, though. That's pretty cool. Well, very good. I hope you guys have a great time tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Judah and Eli. Um, hey, I got to tell a little story, um, and um, I want to share this with you just about Judah and Eli. You, you guys have heard this. Mike may not, but Gay was over there watching them the other night, and it was time for bedtime, and so they were laying down in their bunk beds, and Gay snuggled up next to Eli, and Eli had his hands folded and his eyes closed and ready to look like he was ready to pray. And Gay said, um, okay, Eli, say your prayers. And he went, no. And she said, come on, Eli, buddy, say your prayers. He went, no. And so she snuggled up. She goes, I'll help you. Dear God. And he goes, get away from me. Leave me alone. That's what he said. Leave me alone. (laughs) And Gay went up to the top bunk to get Judah and said, "Uh, you want to say your prayers? And he said, no. And she goes, you know, I think it'd be really a good idea to maybe set a good example for your little brother. And he said, okay. So he bowed his head and he prayed this. He said, dear God. Would you make a new animal? <laughs> Amen. That's a prayer of faith right there. I love that prayer. Yes. That's an awesome prayer. My kids' prayer. prayers are hilarious. Eli, his go-to prayer is just thanking God for everything he can see around him. So yes. it'll be like, thank you, God, for the closet <laughs> and our hangers. <laughs> so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's that's really cool, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, you guys are going out tonight and um, hanging out with the kids, and, and I hope that you have a wonderful time. Be safe out there. If you're out there, be safe while you're walking on those streets at night and enjoy yourself, and remember, Pastor Rod loves Reese Cups and Snickers, so I'll just <laughs> share that with you. But um, uh, listen, we're about ready to head into a time we call it each week our midweek boost, and uh, we're going to head into a time there. I got some things I want to share with you. So I want to talk to you today, you guys, about contentment. You know, Ben Franklin is quoted as saying this, contentment makes poor men rich and discontent makes rich men poor. I'm going to start out asking you a question. Why do you think finding contentment in life is so hard? What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Why is it so hard for people? I think I think people don't know what they want, number one. And, uh, and then from there, I think the things that they pursue often leave them wanting, you know what I mean? Kind of like uh, on a hot day, you're going around and you're drinking some Pepsi or something like that. You know, like it, you think it's, it's good, but it just really doesn't quench your thirst. You know, there's Mm. just, and so I just think sometimes people, uh, they, 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 they look in uh, a certain spot or arena of their life. And they don't get it. And rather than, and I'm not even blaming them. I'm, I find myself uh, accused of this as well. You, you try something, well, that, and you, you pin it on that instance, you know, like, oh, well, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, uh, you know, if, if I have an extra, you know, I'm single, but if I had a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, I'd feel great, yeah. you yeah. know, instead of working on themselves. And well, right. that, that girl wasn't good, right. you know, so I need to go to yeah. another one. 
and they just bounce and bounce and bounce. And I think they just are looking, uh, they're, they're, they're missing ultimately what's going to bring full uh, contentment. What about think, you, Lance? I think, uh, well, I think it kind of stems back to the garden and it's in our sin nature. You know, Eve was not content with what God had already given her everything and mm. just said, don't touch this. And the enemy preyed on that yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. that what you have is not enough. And yeah. so I think it's kind of a spiritual warfare thing. I think culture intensifies that. Um, and I think it just stems from parts of us that maybe aren't surrendered to God yet, or we're not trusting God with yet. Kind of like the what you're saying, the, if I just get this, then I'll be happy, or then I'll be filled. Yeah, the truth is discontentment is basically woven into the fabric of our life. I mean, let's face it, every advertisement is basically telling you what you have is not good enough. Right. You know, I mean, iPhone brings out a new phone every six months, and it's basically telling you this is so much better than your other phone. Yeah. you got to throw your other phone away and get this phone. It's trying to create discontentment in what you currently have. I know, um, you know, TaylorMade is one of my favorite golf clubs, and they bring out new clubs like every six months. And it basically is trying to make you unhappy with what you currently have so that you'll get something yeah. newer and better. I mean, we drive to work, and we see other cars we'd rather be driving. We, yeah. we walk through our neighborhood and we see big, bigger nicer houses than the one we have and we wish that we could have that we we wonder you know why i don't have a better job and we're never satisfied and contented with what we have you know paul said in philippians 4 he said this he said in whatsoever state i am i have learned to be content and that's a pretty amazing statement because of this mm. contentment is not a gift if you'll notice what paul said i have learned yeah. To be content. Mm. He didn't say, God laid upon me this feeling of contentment. And I think sometimes we would rather get it that way. Like God would spread that little pixie dust on yeah. us, and all of a sudden we no longer have want. All of a sudden we're happy with everything in our life or whatever. Right. And that's really not what contentment means. G.K. Chesterton said this being contented ought to mean in English as it does in the French, being pleased. Being content with an attic ought not to mean that we can't get out of the attic, we can't move from it, and we're not resigned to live in it. It just means that we're okay right now in the attic, basically, mm-hmm. is yeah. what he's saying. That's not a direct that's quote, but that's that's kind of what he's saying. Have you ever found yourself struggling with contentment for your with your place in life? Have you ever found yourself looking around and going, man, I'm just not happy here or I want more? What, what's, yeah. your, what's some of the emotions, what's some of the feelings that you go through during that time? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, it's easy to look around at, honestly, like things that are going really well in other people's lives and think, I would like some of that. And get my eyes, instead of on the gifts that I have in front of me, on the gifts other people have, think those are better. And so for me, then it's, it's hard to manage myself because then I start mm. feeling doubt about, is this my fault that mm. I'm not what I don't have what they have? Or, um, man, I, you're just lose satisfaction with the good things that you already have where yep. you once were satisfied, you just lose the, the pleasure in that. Mm. So familiarity with or having in a long time, sometimes we lose satisfaction with it. It's kind of like, 
you get a new car and you love it at first, but you drive it for a few years, and what are you thinking? Boy, I'd like to get a different car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to be so satisfied with this. Now I'd like to get something else. What about you, Matt? Have you found yourself struggling with contentment at times in your life? Yeah, you know, it, I think the time where it's most magnified is when I've been on missions trips uh, mm. to other countries. Mm. Um, and I enjoy leading those trips. I enjoy it because uh, you can describe a trip like that to someone, but until you see it and experience it yourself, you, you, no amount of videos or pictures or uh, the most articulate person is going to be able to uh, help you experience it the same way right. you would first person. And um, and the, 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 the thing for myself and that I notice most people who go on these trips come back and remark about is the contentment and the joy yeah. they see in people. And, and, I, and I think that's a totally American lens as we're looking at it because we're sitting there thinking, I wouldn't be content with this house. Like this house is the size of my living room. And you have a family of five and y'all have got to live in here. And, and there's, there's hardly anything you're living, you're stepping on each other. And, you know, and, and we're sitting there thinking, man, like, or I'm thinking like, I don't, I don't know if I'd be happy, but there's like a joy in their life. There's uh, uh for those who know the Lord, there's, there's a, 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 a pleasure about the things that he's given them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember I did a series one time about uh, with, with some students and it was about contentment. And they had this guy who uh, talked about his favorite meal growing up in Africa. And he talked about, yeah, my favorite meal was rice and beans. And because he only got to eat like once a day. And like, that was pretty much the meal he ate. I mean, 90% yeah. of the time. And so I think, you know, for me, when I've been face to face with situations like that and people like that, and I looked in their eyes and it's just like, you really, you're not faking this. Like you're really content. Like you recognize that this is a blessing. And I think our problem is we have so much. And there's so much out there that we, um, uh, you know, we, we, we get a little discontented. Okay. So one word out of each of you, what's the opposite of contentment? Don't use discontent. You. Please don't. I'm going to smack discontent. you. <laughs> Besides discontent. What's the opposite of contentment? Maybe envy. Hmm, that's good. <laughs> Matt. Don't use discontent. Don't do it. Don't use envy. That was my answer. Envy. Discontent. <laughs> Envious oh, di- discontentment. All right. Oh man. I want to say greed. Okay. I, I, I want to say greed. I, but I, I, envy is a really good one, right? You could have used unhappiness. That's like discontent, only it's different <laughs> words. Yeah. But anyway, I do think that we have to understand where our life is and are we practicing contentment? We talk about practicing forgiveness and practicing integrity and and practicing love and practicing all these things, and those are good. But shouldn't we also learn to be content? Yeah. So, you know, I got thinking, what questions would I encourage someone to ask themselves? Probably the first one is this, are there areas in my life where I know I'm not content? Let's face it, sometimes we need to take an inventory in our life and go, why aren't I'm content here and understand that most of the time contentment has nothing to do with our situation it has to do with our heart. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we need to evaluate why aren't I content here mm-hmm. or why do I struggle with contentment in this situation? The second, I think you need to ask yourself, do I have enough? And that's really a question of, you know, your, your, 
economic status, your your um, level you want to live at, things like, do I have enough? I mean, am I taken care of? Because truthfully, in our nation, we have to face facts. We can't ignore it. There are people who don't have enough in this nation. We sometimes think, well, if they would have done better or are poor or still in the top 3% of the world, I don't do that. You look around, and there are some people that just don't have enough. So I got to ask myself, do I have enough? This third one I might want to ask myself is, do I have too much? Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, man, we can look at things in our life and we got, you know, open your closets, you know, and you go, holy moly, I don't have to buy clothes for the rest of my life with the exception of one thing, and that is if I outgrow these, right? Mm-hmm. So do I have too much? And third, or fourth, I mean, how can I learn contentment? And I want to talk just a little bit about what things that we can do to learn to be content. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy, Godliness and contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. Now, Paul was talking about himself. He was saying, listen, brought nothing in, not going to take anything with me. If I have food and I have clothing, we're going to be content. I think one of the things that people need to do if they want to strive for contentment is the first understanding that there's a difference between temporal and eternal, and the eternal holds much more weight than the temporal. You guys heard the story before about um, the man who, the wealthy man who died in his last wish was to take his million dollars and bury it with him and not leave it to his wife. Is this a real story? Yes. Oh, okay. And um, it came and he had his his casket there and he had a million dollars in a satchel there next to him. And all of a sudden people at the funeral home saw the wife carrying the satchel out and they walked up and said, you know, it was his wish to be buried with a million dollars. What are you doing? She goes, oh, that's okay. I wrote him a check. <laughs> Sorry, boom, boom. That's a pretty lousy joke. So it's not a real story. No, it's not a real story. <laughs> and um, that was a genuine question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, my point is this: uh, you you can't take it with you. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no eternal value to anything material possessions. And I think sometimes we elevate the temporal way above the eternal, realizing that, you know, we're striving after things that are wood, hay, and stubble, the Bible calls, you know, mm-hmm. that that is not the eternal things, the things that last. You've you've heard it said before that the streets are paved with gold in heaven and gold we strive for down here. And you go to heaven with gold and they're going to say, why'd you bring street paving, right? Why'd mm-hmm. you? And so it, it just holds no value, but yet we value the temporal, and the striving for that is what we call materialism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't we don't talk a lot about materialism anymore, do we? We don't we don't really spend a lot of time discussing the idea about are we too materialistic? Have you ever wondered that about your life? Have you ever thought and looked at your life and say, you know, you don't have to be wanting to drive the BMW or the Mercedes or the five thousand square foot home to be materialistic? Do you? No, not at all. I mean, I've even said, you know, like, oh, I hate this car. Like, it's so annoying. But, you know, I've got a car. 
and it mm. drives me around. Mm. I've got a job that I can go to to help pay mm. for that. I mean, like there are so many blessings, right. but uh, just uh, you know, little aggravations. Oh, I hate this thing, you know. And and I think that's rooted right. in that. I want something more. I, yeah. Man, I prefer my neighbor's car, you right. know. Right. I I uh, I remember hearing a story. Um, I want to say it was J. Paul Getty, but it might not have been where they interviewed him and they said, um, Mr. Getty, when is enough enough? And his answer was just one dollar more. Mm. And I always think, man, that's kind of the way we are, right? Yeah. You know? Um, I think too, one of the things that I do to kind of help remind me temporal versus eternal, and I, I hope you guys do this. I hope you listeners out there do this. And that is I get up every morning and I have a very similar prayer every morning. And and, and I get up and I'm walking into the bathroom and say, God, thank you for the roof over my head that I slept under last night. Thank you for the warm bed that I slept in. Thank you, God, that my family, I'm, I'm still with my wife. Because I know a lot of people slept outdoors. I know a lot of people slept on the ground. I know a lot of people slept alone. I thank you that my son is in the next room. And I thank you that my daughter and son-in-law and grandsons live right down the road. And I get to see them every day because I know a lot of people miss their family and friends. And God, I thank you for this hot shower I'm taking right now because this hot shower, a lot of people haven't had a shower in a long time and they haven't had hot running water in their life. And God, I thank you that I got a job to go to because there are many people who wish they could get up and go to a job right now. And I get in my car and I say, God, I thank you for this car that I'm driving to work that even though it has uh, over a hundred thousand miles and it's, it's, you know, I don't know how many years old. Let's see. It's, it's seven or eight years old right now. And even though all that, God, I don't care because there are a lot of people who have to take a bus or have to walk or have to ride a bike to work because they don't even have a car to get there. And I thank you, God, that when I go to work, that I get paid a livable wage, that I can go home and I don't have to work three or four jobs in order to do it. God, I know that all of that comes from you. And what that does is that just helps me remember what's temporal and what's eternal. God, all of this comes from you and some things, man, I I just need to be content with just what I have. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The second thing I probably tell people is not only understand the difference between temporal and eternal, but also keep your ambitions in check. You know, I truly believe Satan knows how to appeal to our ambitions. He knows how to fire up our drives, and he feeds the desires to compete while he plays on our insecurities. Um, I, I, I tend to think that most of us wish we were in different positions only because the enemy has planted seeds in our life to say, you're not secure enough, this isn't good enough, you should be doing more or could do more or whatever, and begins to plant things in our life. Now, ambition is is good, but ambition is bad if it's not godly. Right. If it's not a godly ambition. What kind of things, what kind of motivators are not godly in the things we strive to do in our life? What do you see out of people? You mentioned one earlier, the opposite of oh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. 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 Wanting more and more. You know, I, I think for me, when my ambitions go unchecked, it's uh it's a source of insecurity. Uh, I think when my ambitions go unchecked, uh, I'm comparing myself as a source mm-hmm. of comparison. Well, you know, instead of me feeling excited about those around me, like, man, my friend who I went to school with is killing it. He's doing some great stuff. You know, I think, well, I want that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so it robs me of that contentment. And so those, those are a couple for me. Yeah. I think, uh, when my ambitions are out of check, I'm looking for glory. Like mm, yeah. I want to do things so that other people notice me. To see be how good I am. Be, yeah. yeah. 
That's a really good thought. I, uh, you, Matt mentioned a little bit. I, I I wrote down here that I think one of the biggest challenges is when uh, being content is being is comparing ourselves to others. Uh, comparison definitely makes contentment a million times harder. Uh, Paul again wrote in Second Corinthians, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with the sum of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves to one another. They are without understanding. Mm. And I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to others. Man, I've struggled with that. You guys have heard me talk about. I have a brother uh, who's a pastor. My best friend is a pastor, and they've both been at a lot larger churches than I have and served in that way. And and Todd's written a couple books that I really admire. And and I look at it and I go, man. Why, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do that? And and I compare myself to them, and there's a there's a, a distortion that comes with comparison, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we distort what God may be wanting to do in our life. Can I can I tell a funny story? Um, at the I doubt it, but try. <laughs> well, I try, and I'll laugh either try. way. Even yeah. if it's awful. You're gonna think it's funny. So hey, it doesn't I, matter. Hey, I'm having a good time. That's all that matters. But anyways. Um, you know, we uh, we did a uh, class uh, or a we read through a book for our small group at the beginning of last year, and it was called "Lead Your Family Like Jesus." And one of the the, the chapters it was talking about comparison. And I am leading this thing. There's, there's some of my 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 favorite friends around, lots of couples, and um, and we get to this point where moms are talking about this this parenting pride, you know, that, that I've got to draw my fulfillment from my status as a mom. And it was, it was this really cool moment where, um, in our group, several of us of the moms were like, what you're jealous of me. Like, I'm jealous of you. Like I see this in you and I want to, and I want to emulate that so much. And it was just so funny because they were all like, several of them were looking at each other like, man, I think you've got it together. And the, the person who they thought was looking at it together was looking back at them like, man, they've got this so much together. And it just was this moment where it was like, yeah, y'all you, you were playing the comparison game instead of just acknowledging the gifts and abilities God's given you. The comparison game has really become a big part of our life. We talk about it a few times on this show, uh, the whole social media, how we compare our lives to the highlight reels that people put out on right. Facebook or Instagram or right. whatever. And we think, oh, my gosh, they got it all together. You know, it's like... Looking at a wedding photo and then looking at you and your spouse on Saturday morning when the kids got you up at 6.30 and you're still in your robe and slippers and go, man, they got it so much more together than me. Yeah, that's When actually, we're just, we're just looking at highlight reels of yeah. their life. But when we compare to the thing that seems real but it's not, I believe the enemy does that. The enemy wants us to believe that other people have it so much better or do so much better than we do. Mm -hmm. And so we strive more because of our ambitions are no longer God-oriented. They're distorted to world-oriented. We we may not see it that way at first, but the truth is they just the enemy knows just to distort just a little bit to get you off track. Yeah. I love using the example of when you putt on the golf course, if you have a 30-foot putt, if you miss your line by like an eighth of an inch at the beginning, you'll miss the hole by about four inches by the time it gets to the hole. All right? Yeah. So you got to be more targeted. Well, the enemy knows, listen, I can get him to miss the hole. All right? I just need to tilt it just a little bit and get us a little bit off course. I guess the last thing I would talk a little bit about maybe 
is not only to keep your ambitions in check, but also to learn how to curb your own appetites. Let's face it, some of us, we, we have too big of a desire to do things that um, are unrealistic and should not even really be our goal. I remember when I was um, working for a corporation and I would interview um, potential employees, I was talking to these young, fresh college grads, mid-20s, and when I would talk to them, they would give me their salary expectations, and I would almost laugh because they've done nothing. They got a degree, and if you're out there, I'm really happy that you got a degree, but to me, a degree just mainly means that you've managed to stay breathing for four or five years and you got your degree and I'm happy that you got it. You went to class, you learned your lessons, you went and you got your degree. That's awesome. But honestly, in the corporate world, that means a small amount, but not a great amount. And so these kids were coming in and they were asking for salaries that were exorbitant and actually pretty stupid for them thinking they could even get it. And here was the problem I found. They wanted to live in the houses that they grew up in. And what I mean by that is they want to be able to buy a house that their parents owned, that they could buy a house just like that. The problem was they wanted to start out life, their adult life that way, not realizing that their parents started in a little two-bedroom shack uh, that was, you know, 800 square feet and the water ran cold most of the time and not realizing that they had to work up to that. These kids were starting at that level and saying, no, I want to start there. And I'm saying... Your parents got 30 years of life behind that house. Yeah, They didn't start there. They started way back. And our problem is we have these appetites that start way high on the ladder. And I want to tell people, listen, you don't get to do that. You don't get to skip all of the hard labor. You you got to... You got to earn your stripes, you know, Matt, I was talking to you about that when we were talking about ministry and I was saying, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think pastors got to do oftentimes is earn some of their stripes. They got to go to smaller churches. They got to deal with the, the small church challenges and, and being the only guy on staff for a while and all that kind of stuff just to earn that stripe. You don't, you shouldn't skip that. There's great value in that. Our problem is we oftentimes want to skip the things that actually build a great foundation in our life. Do you guys see that? Did you yeah. guys have those desires in your life? What are your thoughts when you hear an old guy like me telling you, you got to earn your stripes? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you want to just be gifted your goal mm. instead of realizing that that's a, a journey and a job to get there. Kind of like we're talking about contentment. That's a job. It's not a gift. It's inside job. Good work. Good work. Yeah. I mean, I, I think back to, you know, when I was younger and man, I wanted these all things and well, why do I got to start here? And looking back uh, over my career, I, I recognize that I wasn't ready for certain things and thank God that I was put in a place where I had to work my way forward and experience and uh, leadership ability. And because God knew in me, I was going to need to start here mm. to learn these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ready for this position up here because I haven't gotten these straight. And so, you know, it's, it's all about trusting that process, trusting and enjoying the process. We've been talking mm -hmm. about that a lot lately, like enjoy where you're at, yep. enjoy the work yeah. that God is doing yep. in you. And there's a value in that. And so if you're you just bet. trying to skip all that, well, you, you're number one, you're not going to enjoy it as much because you haven't worked to get there. 
And, you know, chances are, if you don't enjoy what you're doing here, you're not going to enjoy there. And, yeah, and if you don't have a, uh, you know, all the things that it takes to be successful here, hard work, passion, drive. Well, if you skip up here without, a, you know, learning to hone those abilities inside yeah. of you, you're not going to be successful there. Delayed gratification is a discipline that I think is rapidly disappearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding that yeah. my day's coming, but it doesn't have to be today. Yeah. And and that's because our society builds that, right? I mean, I, you guys weren't necessarily around when the first desktop computer came on. But you would stick a 8-inch floppy disk in this drive, and you would wait. And it would make all sorts of noise, and you'd see this bar going across, and you would just sit and wait. And sometimes it would take minutes and minutes and minutes before it would load. Now, how how upset do we get if it doesn't immediately load, right? <laughs> the Wi-Fi is slow, Mom. Yeah, yeah. Mom. So that delayed gratification is eroding in our culture. And so while things out there are expected to be now in our mm-hmm. life, we don't appreciate the current events going on. And I think that we have to curb our appetites. If we're going to find contentment, we understand that, like Paul said, I have learned to be content whether I'm in prison, which is he wrote that while he was in prison, or whether he's free. Yeah, I'm content in the situation I am in. Listen, contentment is an attitude that says this, I will be satisfied with what God has given me. Mm-hmm. And if I might add a word to that, because that's not original. It was an anonymous quote, but I think it says, contentment is an attitude that says this, I will be satisfied with what God has given me right now. Yeah, Learning, hey, where I am, this is a time that I will still find my contentment. So if you're out there and you're listening, I want to encourage you to pursue contentment because I want you to understand that contentment has an amazing impact on the lives of people, doesn't it, you guys? Absolutely. You've seen people who walk this world content, and they make an impact on your life. You admire them. You listen to them more. You pay attention to their lives, and you have a great opportunity to show your contentment um, in people's in in your own life that will positively affect those around you. And I want to tell you, if you're raising kids, there's nothing better than teaching your kids to be content in every situation. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful, beautiful thing you can teach your kids. I really believe it. So I hope that you're encouraged by that in our midweek boost. I hope that uh, you might find more contentment in your life. And uh, I appreciate um, Matt and uh, uh, Lindsay with, with your... Uh, input there on on that topic today so it's uh it's fun to share with you guys i want you to know that matt we are going into hot topics we just got some news today we got some news you don't have hot topics today no 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 all right well why don't you give us a little bit of news (laughs) report well uh if you're listening to the podcast uh, one of the things we want to do is we do want to encourage you where you're at, but we also want to encourage you to engage. I think uh, a great way, uh, a great source of finding contentment is when you align your life in a way to bless others. I really do. And we've got an opportunity uh, for those uh, of you who are close enough and local enough to volunteer. Uh, coming up on November 10th, uh, from 10 to 12, we're going to actually uh, have our backpack lunch ministry at the Kroger uh, that's uh, on Belgrade. And uh, what we do is there is we, for a couple of hours, 
Uh, we stand in front of the store. We ask for donations, and it's amazing. I mean, you see the generosity of people, and uh, I'm always humbled because I'm like, oh, this dude ain't going to do nothing. And like, and that dude comes out with a shopping cart, and here's like some dude. I'm like, oh, he's gonna, and he's like, nah, he's the stingy dude, you know. And so I've learned like you can't peg people. Like the 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 teenager walking in might come out with like three bags of groceries, just blew all their Taco Bell salary because they want to bless. And what these uh, donations do is we support, uh, I think it's currently four schools, uh, just under 100 uh, students right now. And some of them, uh, this this ministry is uh, designed to fight food insecurity in students. And, and studies show again and again and again, if, if kids are in a fight or flight mode, they cannot focus on their schoolwork. I mean, they just, and so the teacher berating them about their pencil and why didn't they bring their pencil? Well, hey, they're... There's this seven-year-old's worried about getting his five-year-old brother something to eat, and it's not there. And so we're trying to help with one of those ways, uh, and that's food insecurity. And so we encourage you guys uh, to come and uh, swing by that Kroger uh, that day. Uh, be generous. It's not for us. It's for some families who need it. And, uh, again, uh, that's coming up on November 10th uh, from 10 to 12 uh, uh, at the Belgrade Kroger. Awesome, thanks, Matt. That's a that's a really cool program that was here before I before I arrived, and I appreciate all that our sister Linda Spradlin has done to yes. help keep that alive and working hard and in, in uh, Midlothian School District and in our church. So uh, let's let's make this let's make this so. If you can help out, that would be awesome. All right. Um, now, Lindsay, I want you to touch a little bit about uh, what we've been experiencing on our email with. Uh, maybe some questions or some comments, and also um, just share a little bit about how other people can contribute as well. Well, we've been getting some emails in with some really, really great suggestions. Cindy out in uh, Nevada, our friend Cindy, Cindy, she sent in some really cool um, suggestions about uh, different things we can incorporate in the show. And so we're going to start implementing some of those. So thanks, Cindy, or Cindy, sorry, my words are all jumbled. We also on our Podbean got some really cool comments from a lot of you guys. Um, some of them were like, you guys are hilarious. Loved it. Love the podcast today. Matt, I loved how you said criticism was maybe a way God pruned us. Y'all are funny and awesome. Except for Matt. <laughs> Great professional sounding podcast <laughs> coming from a podcast junkie. Scott and I listened to it. Oh, sorry, name. Listen oh, to it on oops. our way home from the beach. Scooter, Can't wait. not Scott. Scooter. <laughs> Uh, just really cool, um, just really cool comments from you guys. Thanks. We'd it love means to hear a lot. from you. It's encouraging, and it helps us know what means a lot to you, and and uh, how we can encourage you guys even more yeah. with this yeah. podcast. And when you see us, uh, what we try to do every podcast when it's released is to put out a uh, uh, a still, a picture that you can share. And if you would do that on your own sites and help us, uh, we want this to be a blessing to people. And so, if you see that, just click share real quick. And uh, that goes a long ways to helping yeah. Our, yeah. Get, us get our message out. Yeah, yeah. We're also going to be launching a Facebook 360 page, page off the, the camera. Right. Yeah. So you guys can get on there and uh, leave some comments and some feedback. And uh, that's going to be launching here really soon. So keep an eye out. Very cool. I appreciate it. You know, a lot of this, you guys, I think we just need to take just five seconds here and um, just appreciate Mike so much. This yes, is such a, a brain 
a brain thrust of his. He He's the one that kind of came up with this idea and us doing this. And he knows that with me, he wasn't dealing with opposition, but he was dealing with a slow-moving person. Like, what do you want to do? What? <laughs> and I was like, ah, I don't know, Mike. And he's like, trust me, trust me. And, boy, he was right, and we really appreciate right. Mike yeah. and Mike all the effort creativity. he yeah, does. Thank you. Uh, very creative dude and just very generous with his time and, and uh, uh, doing this for us. Listen, before uh, we leave today, I want to share something with you. Truthfully, this this has... Um, this was something we discussed as a team, and uh, we didn't know how to approach this uh, with this podcast, but we felt like this was the best way. Many of you know that this past week there was a horrendous um, attack in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at a Jewish synagogue, and um, man, so many people have politicized that event. And I see things posted on social media that people are posting things that, that try to relate it to politicians and beliefs and all this kind of stuff. And we just didn't want to do that. Instead, um, today, um, we want to take a moment and I just want to share with you uh, those 11 people who lost their lives. And perhaps maybe when you hear their name, you could say a little prayer for their family and uh, those loved ones in their life. And so I'm going to share with you those 11 people from Pennsylvania who lost their life last week. Richard Gottfried. Rose Mallinger. Jerry Rabinowitz. Cecil Rosenthal. David Rosenthal, Bernice Simon, Sylvan Simon, Daniel Stein, Melvin Wax, Irving Younger. I know that there's a lot of opinions, but opinions don't matter. Not right now. I want to encourage you to be praying for those affected, their families, their friends, the community around it, around that synagogue. I want you to step away from all the rhetoric. I want to encourage you to stay away from all the opinions because right now opinions don't matter. And um, I just want to encourage you to be praying for them and the trials they're going through. You know, when you hear something like that, it puts your life into perspective so much more. We thank you for joining us here at Kindred 360. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening to us. We appreciate your prayers. I want to remind you that Kindred Church meets at 10-825 Midlothian Turnpike, which is right across the street from the Johnson Willis Hospital. Our services are at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, and we would love to have you share with us. Come on over to Kindred and find your tribe. Have a great day.
You've been listening to the Kindred 360 podcast. If you would like to hear more, be sure to check out our additional podcast, Extra 360. And be sure to subscribe to the Kindred 360 podcast to stay up to date with our most current episodes. We want to thank you for listening today and have a blessed week ahead.